2: From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio, you
0: are listening to
2: Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out-of-Bounds Show with Bo Bow. streaming worldwide live on the Out-of-Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN
1: 105.9, Good morning, welcome in, Out-of-Bounds, 105.9, The Zone, ESPN. Steve Robertson will join us at eight thirty. Steve Robertson, Hale State Insider, two four seven Sports, eight thirty, and then nine a.m. We'll have Dave Bartu, a crazy man at CFB Matrix on Twitter. He has graded uh, every coach in Power Five and G Five as far as football, and it will be our All Eleven Headsets Hour. In, at 9 a.m. That's kind of what we're calling the podcast. All 11 headsets. And what that means is. Bar two has graded all the head coaches and then all 10 assistants. And that's where we come up with, with 11 bar two will join us. And Steve on the Corona premier guest line. Uh, this hour is brought to you by Kessler prime and the great steaks at Kessler prime. We'll go ribeye, bacon, wrap, shrimp with a uh, glass of Russell's reserve bourbon dot to make a reservation or Russell's reserve old fashioned. That sounds pretty good. Later in the day we'll be, I'm heading to Memphis right after the show for Memphis in May and we'll broadcast, uh, from Memphis in May tomorrow and we'll do a different time, 10 AM to noon tomorrow, uh, more will be going on. they will be cooking more. People will be out there. Uh, we'll obviously have Jeff Jones on, award-winning pitmaster, joneseq.com, but he's also trying to book one or two more guests for us. And so we'll go from 10 a.m. to noon tomorrow, live from Memphis in May, a uh, special out-of-bounds show. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we were there last year. It was great. Tito's Vodka is another partner. They're there, among others. And uh, wonderful event. I'm looking forward to it. There's some kind of VIP thing tonight. I don't know exactly what all it entails, but I'm looking forward to eating some great food, hanging out with some wonderful people like we did last year. Like I said, Jeff's got a guy who flew in from Delaware to help him this weekend. I think that's amazing. But these teams that register for Memphis in May to compete, they're from all over the country. And that's great for Memphis and DeSoto County. And I'm all for it. And last year was cool. I had not been in forever forever. And the weather was perfect. Hoping tomorrow the weather will be good. And we'll broadcast from his rig or tent. And, I mean, it's pretty extravagant. They spend a fortune. It's as big as this room. No, it's bigger. Yeah, his setup's bigger than this room. So, I mean, it's nice. It's all kinds of, you know, grills and smokers and Uh, he's got a trailer in there. Kind of like you see a trailer down on 30A. It's not trailer, but it's a, whatever, not an Airbus. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You go and get that food at Seaside. Yeah. He brings in one of those. And, and then he's got all sorts of other things. I don't get in the way. I just set up. I know better. I set up. He tells me where to go. We do a show. We're going to have a great time. Talk food, sports, all kinds of stuff. So. And he told me he was getting Coors Light, so that's a win. That's a great partner of ours, and I know he'll have Tito's. So there we go. Um, All right. Now, I've got another topic I want to hit on LSU football. So we're going to talk to Dave Bartu in the next hour. We're going to go over these grades for SEC coaches, assistants. I really want to hit special teams coordinators because they're so valuable and important. A lot of times it's a difference in you winning a game at least one, and losing a game in the season. Mississippi State fans know about that. Ole Miss hired an excellent special teams coach. Uh, I had his name earlier this week. I think it's Marty Biaggi, right? Sounds like somebody who owns an Italian restaurant in Chicago. But he's a special teams coach at Ole Miss. Where did he come from? And this is what really got me, because Bartu didn't mention this. He just said, I love him. I like him a lot. He's he's uh, you yeah, know, we followed him. Um, he comes in with a good grade ranks. Uh, his grade is 70 out of a hundred. Don't think like grades like ABCD. That's a good grade. One to hundred. You get a 70 as a coach. That's a really good grade. I know that's not a good grade in school, but that's a good grade as far as these coaching metrics. All right. So guess where Biagi came from before I go into LSU and Notre Dame. And Bartu has been talking about this guy for years. He was on Purdue's staff before coming to Ole Miss. And you know how much Bartu loves Jeff Brom. So remember that as you're watching Ole Miss this year and their special teams. You know how important it is, right? I mean, kickoff coverage, kick returns, punt coverage, punt returns, although Kiffin doesn't like to punt, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Field goal kicking, can't get anything blocked, PATs. I mean, every point is coveted, right? Especially in some games. As everything rolls through on a Saturday afternoon, if you miss a field goal in the second quarter, you're in the fourth quarter and the score is XX, you're thinking, oh, man, if we had just just hit that 33-yard field goal from the left hash mark, where would we be now? And what would the decision-making process be for our staff if we had those points? considering we don't have those points. Or if you get a punt blocked in the second quarter, and that and the team you're playing takes advantage of it, right? And you're sitting there as the game marches on in that three-and-a-half-hour mark, and you're going, what if we hadn't given up that possession with a punt block? What would be our strategically, situationally down in distance if we had those points back or didn't give those points up? So we're gonna discuss that. Now, LSU and Notre Dame. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. What people will tell you that's the biggest brand in college football. I want y'all to think about that. The big I'm not sure they are still today, but they're still big. The biggest brand in college football, Notre Dame, lost their coach to LSU. I mean, do you think that's a big old slice of humble pie for Notre Dame alums? They've been told they're great since every day since post World War II. I mean, they they were the deal. Think about it. Notre Dame alums in New York, Chicago, L.A., among other major metropolitan areas. When Brian Kelly left them, I mean, they're Notre Dame to go to LSU. Now LSU has more national championships, right? Three. In Just in the 2000s, since Notre Dame last won a national championship, which was 1988, right? I mean, Reagan was handed it over to Bush 1. But I think this is going to tell us an awful lot about LSU, about Brian Kelly, and about Notre Dame. Because the biggest brand, or what was considered the biggest brand, from World War II until the last few years, lost their coach to LSU, a school in the Sun Belt. See, they didn't think that was possible. That's a cosmic shift to me. We've already seen it, right? Paradigm shift, college football, the Sun Belt owns college football. We know that. I wonder if this, guys, in the Midwest, is it over? I mean, Michigan's not going to win a national championship. Penn State's not going to win a national championship. Notre Dame's not going to win a national championship. So your only hope is Ohio state. That's it. Those other three are not going to win it in this current environment. And so I asked this question to you As you love college football and I love college football and that is with Miami getting their stuff together and Florida getting their stuff together and maybe Florida state is Ohio state. Will they have the ability to continue to fly down into Florida and poach players? and convince them to jump on a Delta flight and fly into Atlanta and then fly into Columbus when they can go to Miami or Gainesville? I don't know. And with A&M and Texas recruiting the way they are, will kids still get on a plane out of Dallas and Houston and fly into Columbus, Ohio, and give the Buckeyes enough talent to compete against Bama, Georgia, LSU, and some of the other schools. Good morning, welcome in. Steve Robertson, Hell State Insider, at eight thirty on the Corona Premier Guest. Steve Robertson will join us coming up next on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Don't forget that uh, at Fleetway Market, Corner Market, among other convenience stores and grocery stores, you can find Crown Royal Whiskey and Cola, cocktails in a can. Also, Jameson, Ginger and Lime, Tanqueray, Among others, cocktails in a can, uh, Fleetway Market, Corner Market, and your local grocery stores and convenience stores. Please drink responsibly. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We'll have Steve Robertson coming up at 8.30. Uh, Steve Robertson at 8.30, Dave two at 9. So, last hour and a half, basically all interviews. Looking forward to that. And then... Uh, I will head to Memphis and we'll broadcast tomorrow from 10 AM to noon from Memphis in May. And that's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a giveaway today that's tied into our Memphis in May road trip. And it's a couple of bottles of Jonesy Q rub. It's a Russell's reserve tumbler, a whiskey 61 hat, and a set of whiskey 61 cups. Uh, Jump into the text line, 601-885-3776, and you can show us a pic of the Out of Bounds radio app or, and this would be even better, that you're subscribed to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, search Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. We want you to go back and check out our segments, interviews, and then a lot of the nonsense stuff that we do on the show, food, beverage, travel and uh and so on, so that's how you enter. I don't care what platform Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or the text line six oh one eight eight five three seven seven six uh we were talking about lSU and Notre Dame uh you know, they picked their pocket is what happened. Notre Dame didn't think that they were losing their most successful coach the last I don't know, 50 years? I mean, outside of not winning a national title. He played for one. He drove them to the college football playoff, too. I understand Lou Holtz grabbed a national title in 88. You know, different different environment, atmosphere, and so on. He did a great job, Brian Kelly did. But LSU goes in and takes Brian Kelly away because he knew that he could win a national championship at Notre Dame. They could be really good. They could win 11, 12 games a year. They can make the college football playoff every now and then. They would have, been, for the most part, been happy. Uh, I know there's still a group age 50 and older, maybe 50, 50 and older, 55 and older, that still believes that they're, you know, a national championship caliber program. They're not. Just because everything's shifted. It's too too difficult to, you can't out-recruit Bama, Georgia, LSU, soon to be Florida, Miami, Southern Cal, Did I say Georgia? Georgia, too. Um, And so I think that rocked the world of college football. I mean, Oklahoma fans were mad enough that Southern Cal took their coach because that's blue blood, too. So that's two blue bloods who lost to two blue bloods, right? Notre Dame and Oklahoma lost their coaches to LSU and Southern Cal. But LSU and Southern Cal are 100 times better jobs than Notre Dame and Oklahoma. And that doesn't mean that Notre Dame and Oklahoma are not good jobs. They are. Um, but you can't win it. I don't think you can win it at Oklahoma now going forward. And Brent Venables, is, they'll definitely take a step back, losing Lincoln Riley. And then Notre Dame's going to take a step back, losing Brian Kelly. Now, who's going to take, take a step forward? LSU, Southern Cal, Florida, Miami. Now, which one of those four actually makes a run first? to the college football playoff and maybe a national championship. I go Southern Cal. And then I lean toward LSU, but I wouldn't be surprised if Napier. And if Napier lands Arch Manning, that expedites his process. He gets good QB in. They start getting things going. He's still got Anthony Richardson, AR-15 who people believe is go- has a chance to be really good. They have the transfer from Ohio State, I think it is, down at Florida. So they have some things going. Napier's going to recruit better than Dan Mullen. And not that Mullen was awful, like people say. Mullen recruited between 9 and 15. I think Napier's got a chance to recruit between 4 and 9, 4 and 10, somewhere in there. So slightly better. But, you know, that's a player maybe two per class, compound that over a couple of classes. Maybe you get something. But Arch Manning, if everything holds, we'll take a visit to Florida and the Gators, and we'll see if Napier can put all the love on him and maybe jump, well, maybe even, or make a move past, like Rich Strike at the Kentucky Derby, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. I don't know about Ole Miss. It doesn't feel like they're in the mix for Arch. I understand the ties. Maybe Lane can come in the back door. It, it doesn't look good right now. So, out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We'll have Steve Robertson coming up at uh, 8.30. Talk Hail State baseball. And maybe some other things going on. Uh, Resdog says that Bartu is an idiot. Bartu will join us at 9 a.m. Uh, Resdog says Bartu's an idiot. He still, And then he goes on to say, I still love your show. If I didn't listen to every day, I couldn't disagree with you. So Resdog basically disagrees with everything that I say and what Bartu says. And he said, uh, I think he called me an idiot earlier. And then he said, Bartu is a fool and Bartu is still an idiot. I, I responded to him, anger management, and he did come back and say, hey, I still like the show. So we're getting along just in that sports talk radio kind of way. Hey, I think you're an idiot, but I do love listening to the show. Live in the Bank Plus studio, out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So I'm, I also received a text. Are y'all getting back into this old Miss baseball thing? They've won four in a row. They beat Missouri. I know Missouri's not good, but they, beat, they swept Missouri at home. Took all three games in Oxford last weekend. They beat Southern Miss last night in Hattiesburg, four to one, and now they go to Baton Rouge to play a three-game series. Can Mike Bianco win his way into the postseason, and then how much does he have to win in the postseason to keep his job? I just think people are voting at the gate. And when you vote at the gate, that makes athletic directors are already paranoid and nervous all the time. They live in a super-duper, crazy, over-the-top, politically correct environment. They just do. Okay? Where literally they have to go ask four people what to do or what to say before they say anything. It's part of it. People voted at the gate last weekend. They even did it Mississippi State Ole Miss series in Oxford. I mean, that was double-decker. You had MSU in town. You had everything else going on. It was a beautiful weekend. And although they had nice crowds, nothing compared to what we have come to take for granted at Swayze. When people vote with their pocketbook and at the gate, that makes athletic directors Super duper nervous. And when at, and I don't I don't think apathy set in now that they've kind of got the fire back going. But how deep does Bianco have to go in the postseason to give to give himself an opportunity in front of Keith Carter a few weeks from now? All the way to Omaha and win two or three games? The out of bounds show is powered by Mosquito Joe. Make outside fun again. Jackson you don't want to sit out on your porch, patio, or deck this weekend and, like, have mosquitoes all over your neck and ankles. Jackson.MosquitoJoe.com. The show is also brought to you by Fueling Up at Fleetway Market. Steve Robertson coming up next on the Corona Premier Guest Line.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, listen
2: carefully. You're listening to the SEC Insider Hit on the bound Show. Fueled by Fleetway Market. Fuel up your car and cooler at Fleetway this football season. Let's
1: go. Oh, good morning. Welcome in. Your SEC Insider Hit this morning. Brought to you by our friends at Live Oaks Golf Club. Don't forget that Roosevelt's has a uh, great lunch. Delicious cheeseburgers. They've had those for years. It's amazing. I mean, it's super local. Um, you smash a cheeseburger loaded up with bacon and pickles and lettuce, tomato, all that kind of good stuff. Um, they also have a Philly cheesesteak sandwich at Roosevelt's at Live Oaks Golf Club. But go ahead and book a tea time for this weekend or this afternoon or tomorrow. LiveOaksGC.com. And um, make sure to give John Brazier a hard time. Kyle Morris and his team have done a wonderful job investing a lot of capital in that place. It looks beautiful, too. And the Reed House is hosting weddings and corporate events in the back, left and right. Very, very well done. LiveOaksGC.com. want to welcome in Steve Robertson. Um, this is rare. It's Thursday, right? We we usually have Steve on before before now. But uh, Steve Robertson, Hale State Insider 247 Sports, the Boneyard podcast, jeanspage.com and Steve joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Steve, uh, it doesn't look like there's a lot of life left in this Hale State baseball team. What did you see the other night against Sanford?
2: Yeah, it was difficult. It um... You know some of the same problems that have plagued them all year. You know inconsistent pitching, no clutch hitting, and uh, I just didn't think the body language was very good. I mean, just you know, kind of watching them, I and mean, it's just like the weight of the season really seems to be burdening those guys down. But uh, you know, I, I've covered this team a long time, and I, that's one of the worst losses that I've ever covered, and and uh, there hadn't been a whole lot of them, but uh, there've been, only been a handful in the Chris era, but. You could just tell in Chris's demeanor in game. I mean, Chris really, really frustrated, as the guys are as well. There are a lot of expectations for this team. And now here you sit with two weekends left in SEC play with an RPI over 100 and dead last in the SEC West. So, to say things didn't go as planned is putting it mildly. All
1: right. You, it has been a long time, like you said, for this program to be in this spot since 2015. But since 2016, they have lived in super regionals and in Omaha, and as you well know, won a national title. Uh, so it's this is not sitting well with the fan base, a- and I don't blame them. Uh, I don't. I'm not talking about going overboard and going crazy, but the expectation there should never be an excuse to not make the postseason in Starkville. So having said that, uh, you know if they if they lose out, Steve, I mean, what do you think the kind of the taste in the mouth of the typical Mississippi State baseball fan is going to be?
2: Well, it's not going to be good, you know, and, and that that's a real possibility. I mean, you look at this point, you know, based on recent, you know, results in North Alabama looks to be the only game you can feel confident about. But, you know, let's be honest, we felt pretty confident about going over to Sanford. I mean, you can't take anything for granted right now. And it's difficult really to put your finger on it and say, okay, well, this is what's happening. You know, the bottom line is, you know, you've lost some big time starters and some guys that were supposed to be contributors, you know, out of the bullpen. And so you've got some guys that were expected to be midweek guys and kind of learn their way along or having to throw on weekends. But, but to be fair about that is that you you didn't Landon Simmons wasn't going to pitch Tuesday night, you know, Stone Simmons probably wasn't to pitch Tuesday night, you know I mean? So you're hitting, you're facing midweek pitching from Sanford. You ought to be able to go up there and smash those guys. And, you know, they threw a kid that was 0 4 with an ERA north of 11. And uh, you couldn't break through for a while against a guy like that. And so it's just, you know, I think people kind of had their hands up. And I think, you know, a lot of Bulldog fans say, yeah, we want an national championship, but, you know, we want some consistency. And uh, it's, you can't discount the injuries. But at the same time, too, you've had some guys that were expected to make a jump this year just hadn't done so.
1: All right. Uh, on a positive note, who do you think that's – I know Hunter Hines and Kate Smith, so obviously you can hit those. Give me four to five guys that could come back and be a big piece of the puzzle to maybe drive them into postseason play next year, Steve.
2: Well, I think there's a real possibility that Calum Clark comes back. I mean, he's got, it's had a good year, uh, probably needs another year. Fortunately, he has two years of leverage to kind of work with, and so – you know, he kind of holds the cards in that situation. But, you know, Slate Alford's a guy that uh, was a really big contributor in the fall, and he's still a very good defensive player, just not quite there from an offensive standpoint. We look for him to make a jump. And, you know, Revy Higgins is a guy that redshirted this year that uh, they're awfully excited about. It's just, uh, you know, that outfield situation's been, you know, center field's been a bit of a musical chairs type situation, but you don't want to burn his redshirt, you know, just for a handful of games. And I do think he's a guy that uh, – It can be a big part of it. But let's be fair about this. I mean, you know, State's not going to get to where we want to go next year just based on returning players. They've got to work the portal pretty hard. And, uh, you know, I hear there's talk about, you know, looking for a middle infielder and and a center fielder. And uh, you've got to find probably a left-handed starter. But uh, I I would expect State to be very, very aggressive in the portal this year to go out and get, you know, a handful of guys, not just – Go get a Scotty DeBrule or an RJ Yeager or a Jess Davis, but to go out there and get a handful of guys is an influx of talent to kind of get this team back to where it expects to be, and that's competing for a top eight national seed.
1: Do you expect Gotro and Foxhall to stay? And what I mean, I don't mean by Lamona's letting them go by any stretch, but. Still, even with this disappointing year, their resume is off the charts impressive, okay? So, do you expect them to be there when fall ball starts?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And and As you mentioned, it won't be a situation where anybody loses a job. I mean, it could be a situation where those guys are offered the opportunity to be a head coach somewhere. You know, Jake had, you know, a lot of interest last year. You know, Tulane, of course, has come at him a couple times during his tenure here at Mississippi State and uh, he's kind of priced out of the market, I think, for a lot of those G5 jobs. And I think Jake is happy doing what he's doing. I know his family loves him here in Starkville. But uh, if if Gotro leaves, it's going to be for a Power 5 opportunity. You know, it's going to be for somebody that can pay him but also, too, be a career builder for him. So I, I think in many respects, those options are probably somewhat limited this year. I, I'm not sure what big-time jobs are going to be available. You know, Fox may be a guy. They might be willing to take a G5 job somewhere. But at this point, I I just don't know, you know, kind of where we stand as far as interest level in in that respect. But if those guys leave, it's going to be because they've gotten a head coaching job somewhere.
1: Describe Chris Limones' demeanor after the loss to Sam. Look, this this is a competitive guy, and he's already had a crazy amount of success as an assistant and head coach. Just, just describe where he is and his demeanor after Sanford.
2: You know, Bo. Nobody's covered more Mississippi State baseball since Chris and Morris has been here than I have. I mean, and True. that's just that's fact. And I've never seen Chris as dejected as I did Tuesday night. Uh, just really, really frustrated. And you know, he's a pro. I mean, so when the, you know when the. When, when the cameras come on and, and uh, the recorders are playing, you know, he's he's going to do and say the right things. I thought he was a little more animated than, than he has been, but as I'm sitting there interviewing Cole Cheatham, I've kind of got an eye on Chris while you know, Chris is waiting for his turn, and just you know, he can he just kind of looked, stared at the ground, and he had this look on his face that I haven't seen very often. There have been a handful of losses over the years that, you know, Chris has been very angry about, but this is one that he, he just looked dejected. I mean, he really did. He really looked... You know, frustrated. Like I think he understood the gravity of that. Chris is a competitor. I mean, that's the thing. And you know this, Bo. I mean, you know, winners don't sit quietly when things aren't going well. Losing doesn't sit well with guys like Chris Lamonis. You know, and it's not just about I got to go out here and do media. There's a lot of pride in what he does. And so this is not the program. Uh, that he has envisioned and, and built, and you know, especially kind of looking to capitalize off an of Apple Championship season. I mean, th- this doesn't sit well with anybody. I mean, anybody who thinks that Chris Simonaus is just like, well, you know, it's okay. We won it last year. Chris wants to win every game. There's sure. never a game that he goes into and says, hey, you know, it'll be okay. We got the week yet. I mean, and I think it's all year long. Even if you go back to Long Beach State, I think you get to Long Beach State and think, okay, well, that's just one weekend. You know, we we ran into a buzzsaw, and then that team ultimately turns out not to be a very good one, but you know, the weekend at Tulane is probably the only time that I can really compare Chris's demeanor to what I saw Tuesday evening. It's just, you know, of course, that's when you lose Landon and Stone for the season, and then, you know, that, that weekend was a tough one. And I think at that point we all knew that we were going to be chasing the season, and really, State didn't have much margin for error, and now They have none. I mean, it's going to take a miraculous finish just to get to Hooper. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you look at. It kind of is what it is. But nobody's happy about, uh, you know, where things sit today. And that that certainly includes Chris Alonis.
1: Uh, You you mentioned Cole Cheatham. Uh, He's pitched well as of late. He's a freshman. Cade Smith's a freshman. Fristo is a sophomore. So those are three guys that don't you think the fan base can get excited about knowing that they're coming back?
2: Yeah, I do. And, but I think also, too, I think you've got to go out and get a couple of guys. I, and I don't care if it's a number two or number three starter from a G5 program or whatever. You, you've got to get some guys as a stopgap while some of these younger guys develop. You know, you're excited about Pico. And uh, I think that he is probably pitched above his years this year. You know, that that's a guy right there that has some poise and a little moxie about him. And, you know, Cade Smith, I've I said on my show before, I – I don't want anybody even filling out a recruiting questionnaire unless they have that same mental toughness that Cade Smith and Hunter Hines have. I mean, those guys, I mean, being around Hunter Hines, you know, we go down to Georgia and lose that ball game on Saturday, and, you know, he walks out of the dugout and as I'm walking by, and he just looks at me with this look of anger. I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah, it, people say, well, it's just a game. Tell that a guy that just lost a big ball game on the road in the SEC, you know, and so I, I don't want anybody from the cleaning leg to the coaching staff on the Mississippi State campus that doesn't think it's the best opportunity they've ever had. And so I think that's kind of where you see Hunter Hines and Cade Smith. They take a lot of pride in the S and they understand the legacy that's, that's come before them and the expectations of wearing that uniform. And so I think that's where you build from. I think you have some solid pieces, but you have to go out and work the portal to add to it.
1: So Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com and the Boneyard Podcast on the Corona Premier Guest Line. You're listening out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. What about Lane Forsythe? He's hitting better, but there's still a lot of question marks. If they go and get a middle infielder somewhere, where does that leave Lane? At second base, or he's just going to be a guy that could rotate in?
2: Well, I think all that's optional. You know, I think you know could he slide a second? Absolutely. But yeah, you know, defensively, you know, Lane is an elite defender. You know, and uh, you know he was hitting a buck thirty eight. We went to Georgia, and he's hitting around two ninety right now. And uh, had a couple big opportunities on Tuesday where where he didn't come through. But uh, you know, he's a guy that's still learning, and he has made a jump compared to last year. But yeah, I think defensively, when you look at him, you feel really good about what he can do for you defensively. But, yeah, you could slot a second. But, um, you know, I think the main thing is I think you've got a, a piece there. I think he fills a need and a role for you. But, you know, this team, is in some respects, and I say this with as much love and, and appreciation as I can, you just don't have a lot of star power on this team. You know, and I think that's, that's what you need. You need some guys to kind of assume that role and kind of take ownership of that, but also, too, to bring in some guys. I mean, R.J. Yeager is arguably your best player, and he's a transfer. You know, so – You've got to go out and find some pieces that kind of mess with what you have. And and I don't think Lane's ever going to be a superstar, even though I think that he makes some incredible plays at shortstop sometimes, but you need some guys that have the clutch gene. And I don't know that this team has a lot of those guys. You need some guys that are going to come up late in the ball game. And you just have that confidence of knowing that we're fixing to get a big hit. And that's what TA and routing those guys brought. And, Granted, you're talking about guys who've been in the program for several years, too. I mean, you know, people forget T.A.'s freshman year, he struck out 62 times. I think last year he only struck out 35. And so there was a time when people didn't even want T.A. in the lineup against left-handers because it was just kind of an exercise in futility. But over time, he learned and really developed and improved himself. I think that's what State needs. You need some guys that have some star power. You need some guys – that really keep opposing pitchers up at night thinking, you know, how am I going to get this guy out? And that's what T.A. did. It didn't matter who they – you know, everybody's best pitcher had to face T.A. Right. 99 times out of 100, he beat them. And and I don't know if you have anybody at this point, and I said this on my show yesterday, and there were times last year you come up and say, hey, okay, well, you've got uh, you Rowdy and T.A. coming up. We're going to score this inning. There's never a half inning that I think you look at now, no matter who's coming up, and you say, "Okay, this is definitely the inning. This is when in state begins to get some separation." You just don't have that level of confidence in this nine right now.
1: And you feel like Hunter Hines could fill that void next year.
2: I absolutely do, and I think one of the things that I love about what we're seeing from him as of late is him taking the ball the other way. You know, because uh, he had a big hit, you know, against the shift and. You know, because he is such a Deadpool hitter and a guy that's an elite fastball hitter, people are beginning to kind of work him away. And so uh, watching him and really Calvin Clark in some respects too, start taking some balls the other way. I think what we're seeing is the maturation of their game. And I do think Hunter Hines is a guy that can be in the middle of that order next year that, uh, you know, people are scared to throw to. I mean, he, he's a guy too, that if you, you groove a fastball to him, he's going to put you on sports center. I mean, he will absolutely murder the baseball. And so, He's an interesting piece. You just gotta get some guys around him that can hit with a you know similar skill set that will give you an opportunity to protect him.
1: Uh, give me the odds. Luke Hancock, Cameron James, Kellum Clark. They're at uh the first fall practice.
2: Yeah, that that's a really good question. You know, and so and let's take it one by one. Luke Hancock is a guy that he projects as a catcher. I think he probably needs a little more time as a catcher on the college level to kind of demonstrate he can do it. Because, listen, you got Logan Tanner, a guy that's going to be you know, probably drafted in the first three rounds. He's been kind of holding things down, and he is an elite receiver behind the plate. You know, there was some talk last year that Luke may come out, and uh, I think it's just going to kind of depend on when and where he goes. But he may benefit from a year coming back. I would say right now it's probably maybe sixty percent that he's back because I don't know if he gets drafted high enough to give up those other two years. Uh, Cameron James I know has a number in mind. I know Cam was a guy last year that got a lot of lot of interest from teams the day of the draft, but uh, they they couldn't hit his number. And again, you got a couple of years to work with there, and so you you have an advantage. And Kellen Clark's kind of in the same situation. Of the three, I think that's probably probably the best option i think mississippi state fans should expect him back next year i would say luke is probably probably the most likely to go i think cam is still kind of a coin flip but i think kellum is probably back and and i think kellum's a guy too that projects really well but really first year playing as an outfielder probably needs another year i think he may end up being a left fielder in the end anyway i don't know that he has the maybe the arm for, for uh for right field but uh you know, I think that that'd be an important piece too, and you kind of paired that with Hunter Hines, but they're both left-handed hitters. So State needs to find some power from the right-handed side of the plate in the portal.
1: Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show, the Boneyard Podcast. He, uh, he joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. So, so, some MSU fans are either texting us or whatever, saying that they'll be worse next year. When you look at Pico, Cade Smith, Bristow has looked good at times, and Cheatham. And don't you agree, and there's some others, don't you agree there is something for Fox Hall to work with going in the next year?
2: Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 that's it's easy in times of adversity to say, well, you know, it's going to last like this forever. I, I just don't believe that. I think, again, the portal is kind of a, an equalizer in some respects. You look at what, you know, Arkansas and, and to a certain extent LSU did, of course Jay Johnson, you know, brought some of his guys with him from, from from Arizona, but also too, they go and get the mannets from Sanford and Auburn goes to get Sonny the Share, who may be the national player of the year this year. Uh in Arkansas and Dave Van Horn, I give Dave a lot of credit. They they have found a way to be old every year. And old wins in this league. And so I think in some respects State might have been a little bit reluctant to be too aggressive in the portal last year because you had all these pieces coming back. It's like, oh, we've got all these guys coming back. We had six guys that were in our lineup in the uh, final series against Omaha. So, you know, maybe maybe it was kind of a, you know, a buyer's market in some respect for some other teams. But, you know, State could afford to be a little bit picky. But you know, in hindsight, probably should have been a little more aggressive on the pitching side. But, you know, I don't buy into this. Oh, it's going to be worse next year. Because all people are looking at is what you have coming back. They don't look at what you have coming in. Uh, and as you guys know, I mean, you know, you get two or three you know bats you can really kind of transform a lineup and uh you know this is a staff too that understands what's at stake here i mean they're they're not guys that are oblivious to what's going on they know their personnel better than anybody and so they'll go out and i believe identify the pieces and get those guys to campus to get this thing back on track next year
1: all right let's switch gears i've got a couple of minutes here steve robertson on the out of bounds show people want to know what's going on let's go to football mike leach People want to know what's going on with QB recruiting for the 2023 class. Steve?
2: Well, Brian Glenn out of Lausanne uh, Collegiate School there in Memphis appears to be the priority target at this point. Now, it looks like this is going to boil down to uh, Mississippi State and Auburn. What's ironic is the kid's first name is Auburn. You know, his uh, his grandfather went to Auburn but there is still some reluctance about, you know, is that staff going to be there? Are they going to go through a coaching change this year? You know, and and you bring in a new coach, then uh, what, what kind of offensive system does he run? Does that fit the kid's skill set? And so uh, he was extremely high on Mississippi State uh, very early in the process because he loves the offense, the possibility of playing in the Southeastern Conference close to home. And then Auburn kind of got involved a little bit later. That's muddied the water a little bit. But I, I would say at this point, it's going to boil down to those two and I I wouldn't really tip my hand either way. I think these June visits that he's going to take to both schools will be a big part of things but uh, you know he was really high on Oklahoma State, Missouri too. He'd released a top five but it it is a Mississippi State-Auburn battle and I think Drew Hollingshead and and Mike Leach done a good job making the young man and his family feel like a priority and so I think they're kind of all in on him right now. Of course, they're evaluating some other guys. But, uh, you know, Leeds doesn't throw out 50 quarterback offers like a lot of schools do. You know, he goes out and finds the guys that fit what he wants to do, and they've identified Brock Glenn as that guy, and so we'll see how things go. But I think that um, we'll probably have a decision sooner rather than later with him, probably uh, early to mid-June. So probably in the next 30 days we'll have a decision. And, and again, State's recruiting some other guys too. They just haven't really – Maybe prioritized at at this point.
1: Uh Hollingshead is the guy that Leach promoted from within. Um a lot of people weren't thrilled with that. He's the lead recruiter along with Leach on this what'd you say, Brock Glenn? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this and, is uh, his yeah, it's this- a lot of pressure on this guy, right? It's the first time he's Yeah,
2: and so yeah. And, and you know, Drew's a guy that's been involved with the quarterback evaluations and it's not like that's new to him, you know, so uh, being out on the road is new to him, but, uh, you know, getting some positive response from recruits, you know, when you talk to guys and they, they'll mention, uh, you know, him as a guy they really like, and they've got a good relationship with, and, you know, it's easy in the beginning to kind of get kids to like you. You got to give them the sign, you know, it's not about who says maybe, but who says yes. And so, you know, still a jury's still out on that, but you're right about that. You know, this is a big test for Drew. And of course, you know, if he gets this kid in the boat, obviously that's a big feather in the cap and, and will make the fan base obviously feel a whole lot better about that decision.
1: So they're Auburn fans, Auburn family. Obviously Mike Leach is a thousand times better offensive coach than Brian Harson. Harson's dead man walking. I think they'll fire him in November. But you, do, you still don't know if you get this kid, right?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a good example is like, you know, like – you know, my oldest son, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, played college baseball, but you know, if he had been recruited by Mississippi state, he'd have been a bulldog. I mean, there's no question about it. And, and there's nothing you could have talked him out of it. And so the issue with this is a little more complicated though, you know, because of the fact that there is only one quarterback. And if you don't fit what they want to do, you're going to ride the pine and hold a clipboard. And so you got to be careful with that. And, and uh, I think you're right, though. I think Harson and his guys are in trouble and probably looking at a really down year. After looking at what's off in the portal, that could be an absolute disaster on the plane.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. All right, Steve. Thanks, man. Steve Robertson. See you. Uh, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Want to welcome in a new client, the Armory in Ridgeland, Central Mississippi's number one source for top of the line, best-in-class premium firearms, optics, and suppressors and they make suppressor buying process simple and they can walk you through the suppressor buying process it's right there in front of kroger lake harbor the armory in ridgeland and it's right across from gateway tire and right down from bulldog burger the armory in ridgeland dave bartu coming up next